Welcome to episode six of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of the What When Wine Diet, Paleo and Intermittent Fasting for Health and Weight Loss. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jinstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi friends, so I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time, and I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like a hundred brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order so you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous. And they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com to sign up free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. 
I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every Every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome. This is episode six of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everyone. And we are very excited about today's episode. It is the drinking, alcohol, wine, all the stuff episode. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers to Cheers everyone. Cheers to everybody. We were going to talk about this actually last week, um, but we kind of 
talked about coffee for too long. So we're bringing it back today. Before we jump into that, though, how's life, Jen? Life's been going great. It's the end of the school year, and we're actually recording on a weeknight. We usually don't. So if I'm sleepy sounding, it's because I've already eaten. So I might fall asleep in the middle of recording. No, not really. That's a joke. But <laughs> yes, it's it's later than we normally record. And I taught all day, and it's the pretty much the last week of school. So. I was going to – so when when is your last – well, officially next week, but because I'm a gifted teacher, I don't teach kids mostly the last week. So it's my last full week of teaching. Oh, wow. That's exciting. Or is that exciting? I don't know. How do you It feel? is. Well, it's, it's very exciting. I love my kids, but basically every day is, since I have different kids every day, every day is the last day of school. So every day a new new crop of kids comes in oh. that, I, that I didn't have the day before, and we wrap it up. So then tomorrow I'll have a new group of kids. It'll be their last day. So it's wait, a big ev- week. Wait, every day the I see entire, different kids. The entire year. Well, I, I'm on a rotating schedule. So I have five groups of kids that I see. Okay. So every day is a different group. Okay. And but it, repeat, oh, that it group. repeats every week. Like, yeah, oh, like okay. today was my Wednesday class, that sort of thing. Oh, wow. So five days of the last day. That's crazy. It's true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm, that's crazy. So it's a busy week, but, but I love what I do. It's a lot of fun. How about you? How have things been going for you? It's good. Um, mostly, I'm just working mostly on my book, uh, the new version of the What, When, Wine Diet for my publisher. So I'm that's due. The manuscript is due in a few months, well, a month and a half. Wow. Um, so things are getting real. Absolutely. Just writing takes a long time. <laughs> it um, really does, and it takes a lot of energy. It, and it takes a lot of focus. And I, yes. I, I'm not like a, or I'm not like an ADD person, but it's hard to just write <laughs> and like not do other things. I found that I would get like sucked in and I couldn't stop. And even though I only, you know, eat in the evening window when I was working on my book, my family would be like, it's six o'clock. Are you ever going to stop writing and cook something? I'd be like, true. leave me alone. Leave me alone. That's so true. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause then you do get in the mode and then it's like, just keep going. You don't want to stop. Have you, um, when you wrote your book, did you ever use the the music that puts you into the right brain state? Like the alpha I, wave music? I didn't. I'm familiar with that, but I didn't even think about using it. But I'll have to think about that for book two. You should. It's amazing. It like it makes okay. your brain just focus. Awesome. Yeah, I've researched that a little bit. You know, as a teacher, how things, how certain waves can help your brain to focus and concentrate. So yes. So book two. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, we will jump into today's topic. Um, if we have time, we, we'll do some listener questions after. We'll just see how everything goes. So alcohol, wine, everything. First of all, so what do you like to drink, Jen? Well, I have a lot of different – it really depends on the season or the setting. But on a day-to-day basis, I'm a Prosecco girl. I love Prosecco. I like the bubbles. Um, Prosecco, for, for anyone who doesn't know, Prosecco is an Italian – version of champagne you know real champagne is only from champagne region of france am i right melanie you are right. you're the one expert <laughs> you are right i know I'm like, please I just please correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> you're right you're right but i like prosecco even better than champagne it seems to be a bit lighter in flavor mm-hmm. and so it's just refreshing and i like to drink it with my dinner and i'm, I'm a very cheap date i like to drink costco generic prosecco wonderful costco's <laughs> amazing it is they have a great Prosecco. 
Which one? Is it their their house brand? It is. It's the Kirkland brand. The Kirkland. And yes. And so I don't feel guilty about indulging in a glass every night. It's, it's wonderful. It's not expensive. Exactly. How about you? What's your favorite? Well, I actually, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big Prosecco fan. The sh- the bubbles bother me. See, that's so funny. They help some people, I feel, and then other people, they bother and they, they bother me. So no sparkling wines for me, but like you, I am a wine girl, just the still version. So I love red, red and white wine, actually. I used to be like only red wine, but now I'm doing both. Um, but I just love wine. Wine is great. And it really does matter when you find the right ones. It's true. It's so true. You may think you don't like red till you find the right red and the same with the whites. Exactly. Speaking of, you can totally drink uh, with intermittent fasting. That's one of the great benefits to IF. But what I was thinking what we could talk about first is the relationship between alcohol and weight gain and weight loss since most people are I mean a lot of people are doing IF for weight loss and weight gain or are wondering how that how alcohol affects that um so does that work for you I think that's a great place to start because people do they do have that question you know can I have wine with dinner and still lose weight exactly so what's, what's your take on that Melanie well it's perfect timing recording this episode because I just tackled the um the alcohol and the wine uh chapter for my book so I've been researching this a ton so most people think that alcohol makes you gain weight. At, at least that's that seems to be the general idea. Like if you want to lose weight, people think you shouldn't drink. Is that what you... Well, we all have heard of the beer belly and how, you know, any carb you have and alcohol specifically goes straight to your fat yeah, cells. Exactly. Yeah, we've all We've all heard that. Yeah. And interestingly, um, alcohol, if you look at it just straight up, you'd think it would make you gain weight. Um, first of all... It has seven calories per gram, which we don't count calories, but that ranks it closer to fat as far as like the most calories per gram. Studies show people don't really make up for the calories they drink. So when they have a glass of wine or when they drink with dinner, they don't eat less to compensate for those calories. Alcohol is also the least satiating of all the macronutrients. It also makes food more rewarding. So you're going to... Absolutely. You're going to want a snack. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Um, And also, it actually minimizes fat oxidation when you're like right when you're drinking it. um, So you're not going to burn as much fat while you're drinking it. So basically, you think, yep, alcohol should make you gain weight. That's just what it seems like it should be. But, and there's always the but... Studies actually consistently link alcohol intake to lower body weights, just across the board. Um, And that's especially true in women. So there actually isn't much clinical uh, data to support the idea that drinking leads to weight gain. And interestingly, there was a 2010 analysis of um, almost 10,000 people. And by the way, any um, notes that we talk about, we will put a link to those in the show notes on our website, which is ifpodcast.com. But anyway, so 10,000 people, they looked at their alcohol consumption and they found that even though most of these people actually increase their calories with alcohol, alcohol was still related to decreased body weight. So there's something very strange going on here. That does sound like something strange going on. <laughs> I will, I, I'm, I'm, I'll wait. I have something in my mind, but I'm oh, going to go ahead. No, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I want to hear what you say first. Wait, well, you can go ahead. Just, I've actually read that alcohol can rev your metabolism. Mm-hmm. Is that where you were going to yeah, go with that? We're on the same page. Sorry. We <laughs> no, 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 no. Are. This is perfect. We are. <laughs> we always are. Um, yeah, I was going to say, so there's like a lot of um, theories 
for why this is the way it is. And one of those is that it increases your metabolism. It's possible that it increases your basal metabolic rate by around 5%, which isn't huge, but isn't um, negligible either. It's possible that it has something to do with the thermogenic effect of alcohol. So it's kind of similar to protein in that it requires energy to process alcohol, similar to protein. It also could have to do with just the body naturally wasting the calories from alcohol. It also could do with alcohol has been shown to reduce. How do you say it? Is it ghrelin or um, ghrelin? I've always said ghrelin. 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 That's what I've always said. There are all these words that I feel like we know really well, but we have no idea how to say them. Because we only read them. People don't actually say, how's your ghrelin today? I I think it's ghrelin. I'm going to say ghrelin. How's your autophagy (laughs) and your ghrelin and your... (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, So yeah, alcohol can actually reduce that. Um, Oh, and this is kind of going back. I, I, there's there's one study, and this is crazy, um, but it was a hospital study, and they increased the patient's daily calorie intake by 1,800 calories in the form of pure alcohol, and they didn't gain weight. Wow. Which is like crazy. So clearly there's something going on. The body does not obviously automatically turn alcohol into fat. I think that's true. I think that the... The beer belly may come from all the the snacks that you're having with your beer. Exactly. (laughs) As opposed to the beer itself. Exactly. I think that's the key, honestly. Um, Because there's just not really a um, practical reason or method for the body to turn alcohol into fat. But like you just said, Jen, if you have a drink and then you go crazy and you eat all these things you wouldn't have eaten normally, and especially if you're doing that throughout the day and you're not fasting – then there's going to be a problem. Exactly. Um, And I think it has to do more with the lowered inhibitions because you throw all caution to the wind and then you're just munching. I agree so much. Thinking back to college, all the things. Oh, college. (laughs) And then then you order pizza at 3 (laughs) a.m. Exactly. My friends and I, we'd always go through the drive-thrus at like 3 (sighs) a.m. Because we we needed to soak up the alcohol, of course. It's true. (laughs) Which, Those were the days. See, for me though, that was back in the eighties. So, oh wow, college in the eighties. I was in college in the eighties. What Sorry. was that like? I could. Go- <laughs> <laughs> well, we everything was in black and white back then. Oh my goodness! No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of big hair. Did you? Did you have crazy hair? We did, and we we actually wore bows in our hair and Laura Ashley dresses. I went to a very preppy college, so it's we a were, Laura Ashley dress. Oh, see, you don't know. They were big puffy dresses. Oh, wonderful. We were puffy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I was not there. I was not. Everything was pleated. Our shorts were pleated. It was it was not a good look. I look back and think, oh, goodness. Was the drink of choice um, beer? And no. Well, it was, it was wine. wine coolers. See, back in the oh, day. Oh, wine you don't even, coolers. You don't even know what wine coolers are. They call them coolers now, and they're made with malt liquor, but we drank wine coolers, and they were made with real wine. They're sparkling, right? No. Well, they now I can't remember if they were sparkling Oh, no, that's not. a spritzer. This was like you bought it in a bottle, and it, it had all those fruity flavors, but they were actually wine coolers. Okay. I know. They were not that good. They're super sweet. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hysterical. 
Hi, friends. Now, if you're anything like me, you love biohacking, intermittent fasting, and getting feedback and data on what our bodies are doing. Now, when we do intermittent fasting or extended or prolonged fasting, it's hard to get feedback sometimes on how our bodies are doing in terms of fat burning and ketosis. This is one of the reasons that I created the Tone Device, which is a breath ketone analyzer. It can tell you the rate of fat burning your body is in by detecting the ketones on your breath. If you practice intermittent fasting, time-restricted eating, do an occasional 24-hour fast like once a week, or prolonged or extended fasting, it's likely your body is getting into light ketosis. If you are doing keto or low-carb, even sometimes paleo, you may be getting into a deeper state of fat burning and ketosis. If you do a high-carb diet, then you probably get into a light state of ketosis after some fasting. What I love about the tone is that you can simply breathe into it for about four to five seconds, and it will give you instant feedback on the rate of fat burning that your body is at. Now, when we are in ketosis, our bodies are at their highest rate of fat burning, which is what is so neat. We actually breathe out our fat. So the carbons that we are measuring with the tone device are actually coming from our fat. When we practice different approaches like intermittent fasting or doing time-restricted eating, lower-carb diets or keto approaches, our bodies actually make a metabolic switch where fat becomes our primary fuel. And the body takes fat and converts it into ketones in the liver. About 15 to 20% of those circulating ketones are then diffused through our lungs, out in our breath. And it is so amazing. I absolutely love using the tone every single day. I love the biofeedback, especially when I am doing any kind of fasting. And I can see my body gradually get into a deeper and deeper state of fat burning through those ketone levels going higher and higher. Now, one of the reasons I created the tone is because testing blood ketones is cost prohibitive. The test strips are extremely expensive. They are wasteful. You no longer have to buy test strips anymore. You can just breathe into the tone device for four to five seconds and get that instant feedback. It's a one-time investment and you'll be able to test an unlimited amount of times. Now, I always recommend testing with the tone device fasted first thing in the morning and testing up until you have your first meal of the day and you will be able to see differences there, especially if you do a longer fast, you'll see the ketones go higher and higher and it really is so great to get that biofeedback. Now, for the past year and a half, I've been working on a brand new version of the tone, the second generation tone device, and I am so excited for it to soon be available to you all. I wanted to create a special launch discount for the tone device so that any of you who are interested can take advantage of that discount. I've never discounted the tone device before, but if you are signed up to the exclusive VIP list, you will receive that launch discount. To sign up for the list, you can go to tonedevice.com and enter your name and email address and you will receive an email which you can confirm to double opt-in and you'll be the first to know when the new second generation tone device is available to order and you will also receive that exclusive launch discount. I am so excited for you all to try it so be sure to go and sign up at tonedevice.com. All right now back to our show. Back, uh, back to the wine and intermittent fasting and everything. So you can clearly 
have your drink and drink it too if you're not going absolutely crazy and making bad choices. And the thing about intermittent fasting is it's automatically restricting the damage that you could possibly do because you are eating in that smaller time window. So it's not like you're going to be drinking and eating constantly throughout the day and just wreaking havoc. What do you think about that? I think that's true. I think that one of the best parts about intermittent fasting is that you do contain, I mean, you know, damage whether with food or with alcohol. You're not having, you know, 12 hours worth of bad choices. Like you said, when you when I wait until evening, you know, and then eventually you go to bed. So it's it's a small window for you to indulge. My tolerance is very different now. Mm-hmm, Since I fast too. all day long, one glass of wine is enough. I don't need to eat, have three, and I really, really can't handle three. <laughs> I usually like break my fast with a glass of wine, and I do find that I drink less for sure. You get more bang for your buck, as it well, were. Well, it's true. I'll often have a glass of wine while I'm preparing dinner. So it's it's like I, I break my fast with wine as well, but not I'm not like chugging the wine. I'll sip it while I'm preparing the meal. And so, I mean, I think that it feels very grown up to do that. You know, it does. Yes. <laughs> sipping your wine and cooking the food. And it's almost like an evening ritual. And, and one glass is enough. And I finish it and I sip and I'll drink it during dinner. And then after dinner, I'll finish the glass. Yep, same here. And then also, uh, alcohol and wine actually have a lot of potential health benefits. And I don't even think that that's just an excuse people say to drink. I I honestly, after doing the research, I honestly really believe it. Um, So correlational studies pretty much reveal that moderate drinking associates the most with increased lifespan, which I'm down for that. Absolutely. Live long and prosper. So I read a really interesting 2014 analysis of wine and longevity, and that study actually found, and this was really interesting, so the maximum, quote, protective amount of alcohol to drink, uh, so the, the the maximum amount to drink to increase your lifespan was about 20 grams per day, so that's about one and a half glasses of wine per day, and they also found that, and this is so interesting, to equal the mortality risk of not drinking, you'd have to drink 72 grams, which is five glasses of wine per day. So basically, oh, wow. yeah, so the people who didn't drink had the same mortality risk as the people who drank five glasses of wine per day. If that makes sense. That's, that's very interesting. Now I feel much better about my, my glass. <laughs> and I have to admit, the glass that I use is probably equivalent to a glass and a half. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> Look, I'm doing exactly the right amount without even trying. It's like those glasses that hold the entire bottle. I've been wanting to get one of those, but wouldn't no, I would, it. No, I would be on the floor. I know. <laughs> uh, but that same study, though, they if you wanted to, quote, hurt your longevity odds, so if you wanted to have a, a, a lesser lifespan risk or a lesser – if you wanted to, <laughs> to equal the – wait, how, how would you say it? Uh, Just if you wanted more risk, right? Yes. If you wanted to hinder your longevity odds, you needed to drink 89 grams of alcohol, which was over six glasses per day. Wow. So, yeah. Of course, these are all correlational, so it could have a lot to do with lifestyle factors, a lot of other things, but there's definitely something going on there. And then the longest-lived populations in the world, are most of them are also moderate alcohol drinkers, especially for wine. And there's a lot of 
potential reasons for that. It could be something, it could be things from the actual alcohol itself. So alcohol can function as a beneficial hormetic stress, good for the heart for a lot of reasons, uh, blood profiles, endothelial function, uh, insulin sensitivity, cholesterol ratios, just stuff across the board. And especially, again, especially women seem to have the um, particularly good responders. But for wine specifically, because Jen and I love our wine, we do. It, it is rich in polyphenols, which do you know about those, Jen? I do. There's also great polyphenols in coffee. This is true. Do we talk about that last? I think we said, I think we talked about polyphenols. Yeah. Or else I was just talking about it on the Facebook group, which is also likely. I think we did, probably. Um, did you know polyphenols are actually a defense mechanism in plants? I did not know that. Yeah, so basically they're generated in plants as a defense mechanism against bacteria and fungi and various invaders, and they're actually increased when the plant is damaged. So that's a, one reason that wine is higher in polyphenols than grapes because the polyphenols are found in the skin and the seed, and then when you're crushing the grape and you're fermenting it and turning it into wine, there's a lot of, a lot of damage going on to the grape, and that increases those polyphenols. Um, which they attack, they can attach to reactive oxid oxidative species in our bodies. So that's how they function as a an antioxidant. Oh well, that makes good sense. Do you do you know is there any difference between red versus white when it comes to polyphenols? Yes. Know? So so there are a ton of polyphenols, different types, um, but most of them are found primarily in the grape skin and then in the seed as well. There's not as many in the actual pulp. So. In the winemaking process, red wines are red because the wine is fermented and matured with the skin, right? Uh-huh, in contact. So that's where the red color is coming from, and so that's also majorly increasing the polyphenol content. So for white wine, they, they press the grapes right at the beginning, discard the scents, the scents, the skins, and um, so there's going to be less polyphenol content in, in white wine. Doesn't mean that you're not going to get any benefits. There are still some polyphenols. And then like we discussed, alcohol itself seems to have health benefits. Um, so there are health benefits to white wine, but you're probably going to get more of the antioxidant effects and benefits from the red. From the red. And it's really amazing what those polyphenols and antioxidants can do for the body because free radicals and oxidative damage and stress is just really bad stuff. <laughs> Aging, cellular degeneration, all the stuff. Well, I will drink to drink to the benefits then. Yes. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. I do have something I'd like to add just from my own personal experience. You know, we're talking about alcohol being health, you know, healthy, beneficial in moderation. I just want to caution people who are beginning an intermittent fasting lifestyle to be careful when it comes to drinking because if you are waiting till dinner and you haven't eaten all day and then you start drinking, especially if you're not used to drinking much, it can really affect you in a way you're not expecting. I had, I, I actually wrote about this in, in my book, but I had an unfortunate I remember incident. this. Yes, yes. <laughs> I remember reading and this. <laughs> I didn't drink very much. It didn't feel like it was much. Of course, someone else mixed one of the drinks, but it, and it was a, a, a female, someone I trust, so it wasn't like, you know, <laughs> anything terrible happened to me. But I just hadn't eaten enough, and I was at a party, and I, I wasn't drinking a lot, but it just all of a sudden, boom, it hit me. So if you're going to drink, especially this was liquor, 
and I, I don't usually drink liquor at all. I drink a glass of wine every night. So make sure you have enough food and be careful. Take it slow. If you've been fasting, you may not have the tolerance to alcohol that you used to have when you ate all day. And it's important to have a lot of food in your stomach. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, yeah, because basically the way alcohol is metabolized, it gets it's called first pass metabolism. But you when you intake, when you drink the alcohol, it's processed a little bit in your stomach, but then it pretty much goes to the liver. And as most people know, your liver can only handle so much alcohol at one time. And then when it gets overwhelmed, um, so it's normally around a drink per hour, but when it gets overwhelmed, it that's when it sh- ships out the alcohol to the rest of your body to deal with it. It's kind of like, I'm done here. <laughs> here <laughs> that's you go, exactly body. how it felt. <laughs> yeah. And so then the rest of your body gets it. And that's when you start getting the effects, like you're um, feeling it in your brain and you're in your body because the, the alcohol is saturating in your body and it stores in water in your body. That's why women, um, women have less water content. So that's one reason women tend to get hit harder with alcohol because it's more concentrated ratio in their water content. So, so be careful is the moral of that story. Yes. And I've actually heard this from a lot of people in my Facebook groups. They, when they start intermittent fasting, they'll go out with friends and, you know, we've all been out with friends and if you've had drinks before, you're not expecting it to, to be different in your body. So just be aware of that. Yeah. It really is different though. Like yeah. it, you definitely feel it, um, sooner rather than later. But like we said, you can definitely have, you can definitely have your drink and drink it too when it comes to intermittent fasting. Another question I've actually had, pe- people ask me a lot if alcohol breaks the fast, uh, which I, I think the answer is kind of obvious if you think about it, but alcohol does, like we said, stop your body from burning fat. So it is going to stop the fat, the fat burning fasted state. The thing is you technically are switching from a, if you're not eating with it, which we just cautioned against, but if you're not eating with it, you're technically switching from a fat burning state to an alcohol burning state. Actually, I guess in in any case you're switching to an alcohol burning state. So it's not like you're, um, necessarily switching to a sugar burning state or something like that, but you are breaking the fast. So don't, I don't, you can't, the moment you have your drink, I would consider that the moment that you're breaking your fast. I would agree with that. I think so. And then you also need to eat. Yes. Jen said. Yes. <laughs> Jen says. That's right. Have something to eat, please. Yes. <laughs> of course, that happens anyway. Like, I get really hungry once I... It's true. It kind of stimulates my appetite. Mm-hmm. Um, there are just some other... I just want to throw in some really interesting random facts as well, just because I... Well, I'm excited. I can't wait to down. I know they're more about, like, alcohol rather than fasting specifically, but um, I actually just read that... Pinot Noir specifically can increase your sex appeal. Have you heard this? I have not. So wait, when you're drinking it, everyone else looks better or you look better when you're drinking it? (laughs) Both. (laughs) Well, hey. (laughs) Um, Some of the smells in Pinot Noir mimic the... Like pheromones? Mm Mm-hmm. That men give off. So if a guy is drinking Pinot Noir, we, the female, our brains will subconsciously associate it with pheromones even before we realize. So we become more attracted to men drinking Pinot Noir, possibly. Well, okay, men, now you know. Yeah, but it only goes one way, I guess. 
Well, we'll have to. I'll have to try. I'll get some Pinot Noir and see if my husband, see if he looks more attractive, or see if I look more attractive. To <laughs> yeah. him. Oh my goodness, it's so funny. Um, and then also another little random because I have these little random tidbits of information. But speaking of fat storage and fat burning and all the stuff, one of the polyphenols found in wine is called pcetanol. I guess that's how you say it. I don't know. They found in studies that it actually can stop fat cells from growing. That was pretty cool. And then resveratrol, which is probably the most famous polyphenol in wine. Most people know about, most people know how to pronounce resveratrol. Yes. So that one actually can function as an exercise mimetic. They did a study where they were trying to figure out how to mitigate the damage of astronauts in space because they don't do weight-bearing activities, so their muscles are likely to atrophy. So they're trying to figure out how to help out with that. So they, this is really sad, but they hung rats by their hind legs to like mimic not using your muscles, and they fed them resveratrol extract, and the mice that got the resveratrol didn't get muscle wasting like the mice that did not get resveratrol. And now I feel really bad for those mice. I do too. That are hanging upside down. I do too. But we learned something. And at least if they had given them wine, that would be better. I know, right? <laughs> Tipsy little. <laughs> that's so sad. Oh my goodness. So that's that's a lot of stuff about wine and polyphenols and all the stuff. I, I, is there anything else? I don't know how it relates to intermittent fasting that we should talk about. Because I know we talked a lot about alcohol specifically and wine. Well, I think I think we hit the highlights. Just that, yes, once you start drinking, the fast is over. You're no longer fasting. And also just, especially if you're new to fasting, be careful. You're not going to be able to handle your alcohol as before. But it, it is a part of a lifestyle that can lead to weight loss. Although I will say, I mentioned in my book um, that if you do find that you're losing weight very, very slowly and you're drinking wine every night, and that might be something to try, you know, cut back a little, just see. True. But, you know, based on your research, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I think it's definitely something to play with either way because everybody's different and I think it, I do think it affects people differently. Um, But like you said, Jen, I think moderation is definitely key. Like, don't yes. go crazy. Please don't. <laughs> and I really, like I said, I think for me, it's not so much the alcohol itself. It's that it makes me a little more munchy. Mm-hmm. So cutting out the alcohol may keep you from munching later into the night if that's if you're trying to lose weight and you're having some trouble with that. Yeah. But like we said, the, the good thing about IF is it, especially if you're doing a one meal a day at night pattern, is it tends to automatically keep you in control as far as the hours go because you can only unless you stay up till 6 a.m you can <laughs> that's a whole that's another a problem whole, right i know there. that's a whole other episode <laughs> yes <sighs> night and night eating we, we or like getting up in the middle of the night you know you know that some people like actually wake up and eat and don't even realize it i've heard that i've heard that Yes, and then they know in the morning because of the clues. Yeah, and I, my coworker actually just t- told me that he does that, and I was like, "Whoa, what is that like?" Wow, he's like, "What is that like?" I was like, "You don't remember?" He says, "No, he just he, like sometimes he'll wake up, his roommate will find him, and he's like at the refrigerator in the middle of the night, and then he'll like wake up." See, that's uh, that's got to be scary. Although I did have a sleep argument with my husband last night oh. at like one thirty in the morning, he woke me up and. And, but he didn't remember it this morning. Oh, he didn't remember any of it? Like the no. conversation? I was like, why were you so mean at 1 a.m.? 
Yeah. It makes me wonder, like, what am I doing in the middle of the night that I don't even... You don't know. You know, like, you wouldn't know. <laughs> unless... No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Tangent. Um, yeah, so do you want to jump into the question, or do you think... Let's let's do one. Let's do, do one question now, and then... Yes. Okay. Great. Do you, want, do you want to read it, or... I will. I'll read it. And this is from Malia, and it, this is a long one. And she said, ladies, thank you for the podcast. I can't wait for the future ones. It just amazes me the amount of diets that are out there that promise you the world to lose your weight. Yes, some may work, but it's all about what happens when you're done that just doesn't seem to follow through. And I know, just a side note here, we both would agree with that. Definitely. You know, you can you can lose weight on many, many plans, but it's, it's the keeping it off. And that's where intermittent fasting is different. All right, back to her question. She said, the biggest reason I like the transformation program, one meal a day I am on, is that it's real, real food, real reality, real expectation. And from what I have heard from those already on maintenance now is you just continue with your same routine of eating. No adjustment back to real food because you're already eating it. Keep up the good work. Question for the next podcast. I am at a standstill losing and gaining the same five pounds. I'm thinking of making better food choices, but I don't want to change it all at once. What would you recommend to either cut out or cut back on first? So what would you recommend? I'll let you tackle. Well, I, you know, my philosophy that my whole book was written on, Delay, Don't Deny, it's the name of it. And it's that you can enjoy foods that you prefer in your eating window and still lose weight. But that being said, there does come a time when cutting out certain things can lead to faster weight loss. And one of those is desserts, sugary things. You know, we're already cutting it out 19, 23 hours a day. But if you want to lose weight faster, it's never going to hurt you to go ahead and cut out desserts. You know, have maybe once a week. You know, some people say never have sugar ever, ever, ever. And, you know, we probably would all be healthier living that way. But I like to have, you know, something sweet here and there. But I think that would be the first thing, cutting out the sugar and also the heavily processed foods because our bodies our bodies are not meant to run on those heavily processed foods. And it's better to eat things closer to the, the form in nature. I mean, you can have sweet things like berries, for example, and still get your, your sweet fix from real foods. I know you were talking about pineapple. a few weeks ago. <laughs> yes, pineapple. Eat pineapple. pineapple. You know, eat real foods instead of you know, something that's processed. The closer you go to real foods, I think the faster you're going to lose weight. Do you have to give up everything to lose weight? No. But if you're struggling and you're having trouble, that would be where I would start. How about you? What yeah, do you think? Yeah, I agree completely with what you said. Um, I mean, it is hard because I don't know exactly what Malia – it's Malia, right? I don't know exactly what you're eating, Malia, so I don't know. You said you don't – like you were asking about what to cut out first, so I don't know where you're starting at. Um, but assuming that you are eating just a standard American diet, exactly what you said, Jen, I would gravitate towards whole foods. Uh, you could try to tackle one thing, like just cut out processed foods or just cut out refined sugar, maybe just cut out gr grains, which can be inflammatory for a lot of people. So if you're eating those, that could be something to try. Um, you could also try a, like a lower carb approach that doesn't work for some people. Um, but basically... I think I think a huge thing too is cutting out, like you said, Jen, like hyper palatable foods. So any food, right. any food that makes you hungrier rather than less hungry, I would cut that out. I think that's a good way to know. Um, 
food should make you feel satisfied and good. If it makes you just want more and crave, I would cut that out. And I would also that's, that's an excellent point. I would also really recommend um, if you're committing to this and you really want to make this change, if you have any of the if you have any of these foods that you want to start with that you want to cut out, make sure they're not in the house. Because if they're there, just like throw them away. I know it's hard or get rid of them or donate them or something. Because, but if they're there, you're, you're going to want them. And then once once it's gone, it's much easier to try to just cut out whatever it is that you're cutting out. So I'd really recommend that. But um, yeah, I agree with what you said exact, exactly. Great. Wonderful. Okay. Well, do, I don't, do you have any other thoughts at the moment? I think I think we hit it. I think we covered it. Me too. Well, this has been absolutely fabulous. Thank you, everybody, for listening. So a few quick notes. Uh, You can go to ifpodcast.com, and you can get information on our show notes there. So any studies that we talked about today, and there's going to be a lot of studies listed, you can go find them there. You can also subscribe for updates for the podcast, and we will email you when each new episode is up. We would also, if you have your own questions, please send them to us. So you can do that. You can submit to questions at ifpodcast.com. You can email that or you can go to ifpodcast.com, like I said, and there's a, um, you can submit questions there as well. And then lastly, if you have a moment and you enjoyed this episode, we would absolutely love if you could write a review on iTunes. It really, really helps. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you. And it was great. It was wonderful. <laughs> now go go enjoy your wine. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, have a good night. See you next week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, the opinions we discussed on this show do not constitute medical advice. We're not doctors. Check out ifpodcast.com for more information on us. Theme music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.